This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us. I am so glad that you are here today. Today, we're going to begin a series on a very sensitive subject that touches us all deeply. Uh, A subject that... uh, if we're honest, it, it, it hits us right in the gut, and that is the, the topic or the subject of injustice to children. Most people, when you talk about injustice to people, get irate, uh, their blood pressure rises, their pulse rises, and we feel uh, justly and rightly furious that there is injustice happening to children around the world. And what I want to do is a series touching on subjects uh, around uh, injustice to children. Some of the subjects we're going to talk about are going to be controversial. Uh, Some of them are going to be things we're familiar with. But what I want to do is to try to accomplish what I always seek to accomplish is to think outside the box, think in a different manner and get down to the root of the problem and find some real, real solutions uh, to this when it comes to injustice to children. Now today, in the first part of the series, we're going to be talking about abuse and neglect of children. Uh, The fact is children are Uh, severely abused and neglected. But as we get into this, I want to read a story to you that uh, is is just absolutely shocking, uh, uh, horrific. It's a story I picked up uh, from a a Florida news site. And this story happened in Titusville, Florida, written by Dan Billow. It says that the woman... Uh, accused of starving a 13-year-old to the point where he only weighed 40 pounds when he was rescued has been found guilty on seven charges uh, in the child abuse case. Investigators call it one of the most horrifying cases of child abuse they have seen. Goes on to say that the child was rescued from his Titusville home two years ago. Sharon Glass, the girlfriend of the boy's father, and the boy's father, Michael Marshall, were arrested in March of 2012. Investigators said the pair would lock the boy in a closet or zip-tie him to a bed for days. While on the witness stand, Glass insisted she had nothing to do with the alleged caging, handcuffing, and starvation of the boy. Glass took the witness stand on Thursday, blaming everything on Marshall. She said she tried to protect the boy. He went after Corey, and I jumped up and put myself between them and told them to stop, she said. However, prosecutors are trying to portray Glass as one who determined all the rules in the house. 
One of the prosecutors asked, was he forced to pee in a pot that his dad held? I never knew that, Glass said. Glass said she kept her, her own half of the house and hardly ever saw the child. She maintained that posture until she was shown a picture of her handwriting on the boy's handwork, homework. So she had actually her own handwriting on his homework while maintaining she never saw him. Another photo shows the closet in which the boy was locked for a month, a month at a time, locked in his closet. And so the prosecutor, while on the stand, asked Glass, you don't see the rubbings there on the doorknobs where Corey probably pushed for hours at a time to get these doors open? Didn't know that, sir, Glass said. The prosecutor said, but failed because he failed to get out of the closet because you and Mike put a desk in front of it. Glass said, I didn't put a desk in front of it. The prosecutor said, you told me, you told Mike to try harder to keep him locked up. No, sir, I did not, sir. But on Thursday, the jury heard testimony from the victim who said that he, this 13-year-old boy, ate toothpaste to stay alive. I was locked in the shower in my mom's bedroom, he said. Jurors saw disturbing pictures of the skeletal condition of the victim. They strained to hear the poor quality recording made by a state caseworker interviewing the child. Jurors were visibly disturbed at what they could make out, including this conversation the boy recalled with his father. Sometimes my dad would say, you look like an Ethiopian. And I'm like, well, I'm on the diet of an Ethiopian, he said. I need a certain amount of calories and nutrients, and I'm not getting very much of that, he said. And I kept on saying, I have no pity for you. The, that the father would tell his boy that. The boy was once handcuffed to a bed for three days, but that wasn't the only time. My right hand was cuffed to my left leg, and my left hand was chained to my right leg, he said. Glass could get more than 100 years in prison. Marshall has made a tentative plea agreement in which he'll serve 20 to 40 years in prison. Right now, there are kids, while I speak in this episode and while you listen, there are children right now who are alone, abused, abandoned and neglected. What a travesty. What an absolute travesty. And these children are sad, broken, and empty. And while you drive about, go to your job, enjoy your children, there are children who are locked in closets right now, chained to their beds, literally. Starved, purposely starved, with no love, no affection, no attention. Now I've worked with the homeless population for nearly 30 years now. And many of the homeless individuals I've run across over the years, and most of them are those who have graduated out of the foster care system. Now what that means is children who grew up in foster homes and were never adopted by anybody. So they spent their entire childhood until they graduated from high school, just going from foster home to foster home. And they didn't develop the skills they needed to live life the way most of us do. And so they ended up on the streets homeless. 
If you want to know why is there homelessness, one of the major reasons is because of neglect in childhood. This is one of the worst injustices that leads to many other injustices. And one of the reasons why I wanted to cover injustice to children is not just so that you know, we can solve that one problem. But what I've come to realize over the years is that one of the root injustices that that leads to other injustices in society is injustice to children. Because when children are abused, neglected, and painfully uh, uh, harmed the way many are, then they may turn out to be gang members, thus shooting and killing others, drug dealers, or even serial killers, some serial killers have been known to have been very abused and neglected in childhood. So from their wounds, then they in turn wound others or some of them, you know, they may join gangs or deal drugs just to survive. And so childhood abuse and neglect is a root cause of many injustices in the world. This week, I saw in the news a video that was a security video camera had caught a woman who had a woman drove up in the video. She drives up to a dumpster. She gets out of her car and throws a live baby in a dumpster and drives off. What kind of a society and world do we live in where a mother can drive up to a dumpster and throw a live baby like it's a football into a dumpster? She just took it and flung that baby into the dumpster and then drove off. People, where is our heart and where is our mind when this is becoming, unfortunately, more and more common? There seems to be less and less respect for children in our society. Now it's interesting because Jesus would, uh, he brought respect in a world that also did not respect children. The Roman empire, children weren't even considered human. And of course we have the debate, uh, in our world, you know, is, is a child in the womb who's not born yet, a full human while the Romans couldn't even figure it out until they were adults. If they were humans, they were treated as nothing, and Jesus comes along and gives dignity and respect to children and to the point where Jesus said, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you have to come as a child. We live in a culture of death. We just do. We've, you may have heard that term, and it's not a trite term. It's reality. We live in a culture of death. We do not respect life and the way it's not and it's not even human life look at how we kill cattle by the millions and it's not a beautiful sight i worked in the food industry and it's sad to see how chickens and cows are severely treated and if you haven't watched go on youtube sometime and just look and see the these mass chicken farms where chickens are just jammed together in cages with no ability to move or function as a creature. You know, the way we kill cattle, the way we kill babies in the womb, abuse and neglect of children is just, it's outrageous. 
how we treat life, whether it's animal life or human life. And we cannot expect God to bless us and to bless our nature when we cannot protect the most vulnerable, such as children and animals. And it's not even that we don't protect children and animals. We abuse them. At least neglect is a kind of a passive form, but we don't just take the passive form of neglect. We take the active form of abuse towards animals, towards children. I used to work at a supermarket, a very big supermarket. And that's while I was working there, the was in charge of the dairy section of the store. And I was very happy to see that the corporate had decided to stop carrying eggs that come from caged chickens. They put very strict rules that we would only carry eggs that came from chickens that were allowed to roam freely. And in fact, one farm that uh, we carried chickens from, I got to, to see and talk to them and they actually move the pastures around so they fence off a pasture after a week. So every seven days, the chickens go to a new pasture, a fenced-in area, uh, so that the land can rebuild itself and, and, and the chickens get to move around. Some of the chickens were kept in a barn, but it was an open barn, and chickens even had their own pet dogs. <laughs> they had dogs where they could... Uh, uh, the, the purpose of the dogs was to guard the chickens from predators such as hawks and foxes and things of that nature. But uh, they, they had strict rules on how the chickens had to be treated, and that is a start. But let's get to the point where we have strict rules on how children are treated. Uh, you know, I, this last week, one of the bigger cities in the Portland metro area, the mayor of that city, was arrested on child porn charges. Folks, we have got to say enough is enough and get to that point. So how do we begin to turn the tide? Now, on this, now I'm not going to say what's the answer, because I don't think we're ready for the answer. And I don't even think the answer to child abuse and neglect is even important because we can't even get to the beginning of finding an answer. So I'm going to start with the beginning today. I'm not going to answer. Join me in episode three if you want some answers, Okay. Because I'm going to get to some tough answers in episode three, but at least in this one, I want to at least get to the beginning of the conversation of how to even begin to turn the tide on uh, child uh, neglect and abuse. It's got to be a radical approach. I, I will say that much. It has, we have to get radical because by the way, the people that are abusing Neglecting children, they're radical in the way they're behaving. So we need some radical answers to get back to, to, some, uh, to the dignity that children deserve, especially being so vulnerable. Uh, think about this for a moment. Children depend upon adults for everything, right? They depend upon us to cook them good food. They depend upon us to, to, to obtain food. 
They depend upon us to know how to live life. They depend upon us to have a bed to sleep in. Is it not so much too much for them to ask that they can depend upon us to be safe? Is that too much for children to ask is that they can be safe around us? And before you get too self-righteous, I'm going to be confronting you in these episodes because I'm going to make a claim that we all have abused a child at some point. Maybe not physically, but we have with our words. As a parent, have you ever had a time where you regretted the way you yelled at your child or the way or something you said to them in a weak moment? See, we have to to get honest. So the first thing we want to do to begin to turn the tide to, to, to this abuse and neglect of children is, first of all, we have to ask a fundamental question. And the fundamental question is, why does this exist in the first place? See, we, we want to say, like these parents in Florida, that they just... Yeah, she needs to be put in prison for 100 years. Okay. But that doesn't fix the problem. It doesn't take away that boy's scars and his... Can you imagine the trauma that that boy is facing now? Mental and emotional trauma. The, the Maybe some of the phobias this boy has developed from this situation. I learned of a woman this week who was stalked very severely by a man. And even though the man's in prison, that woman... to for 20 years now, has struggled to even come out of her house, out of fear. Can you imagine the fears that boy in Florida has from his example? So, yeah, punish people who abuse and neglect children. I get it. But we have to ask a more fundamental questions. Why does this exist in the first place? What's really going on? What's underneath people individually and society at large that even brings about this kind of a society. And the sad part is I'm not talking about isolated cases today. This is an ongoing pandemic. Everybody talks about the COVID-19 pandemic folks. Abuse of children is beyond what COVID-19 has ever done to people because it is a decades, centuries long pandemic. And it's society-wide, worldwide. We have to come up with radical answers for radical questions. We can't stair-step our way to the solutions. We have to get right to the root. It's like a person with a, a heroin addiction. They can't just say, well, I think I'm going to take, you know, only 90% of the heroin I took yesterday. Next day, I'm going to try shoot for only 85% of the heroin I took per se. No, a heroin addict has to take radical, radical steps. It's like the alcoholic. He, his friends may think he's silly when he says, I'm sorry, I can't go have burgers with you guys at the bar because I can't be near a bar. They may think he's crazy, but the fact is, what's he doing? He's like, I've got a radical problem with alcohol and I've got to take radical steps. You know, and that's what we've got to do with this. We can't stair step. Now, there's a lot of things that I talk about on these podcasts that, you know, I show you step by step. 
solutions. But this one's not a stair-step solution. When it comes to childhood abuse and neglect, we have to get right to the root, chop this thing right at the root. So ask yourself this question, what in my being would cause me to do this? What in my being would cause me to do this? Is there anything inside of me? Maybe I have an anger problem. Maybe I have unresolved issues in myself. What would cause me to neglect or abuse a child? You know, it's not just about neglecting them, like starving them to death and never feeding them. What Do your children ever try to talk to you? And you ignore them time after time because you're too busy watching TV or on your phone looking at Facebook. So you constantly ignore your ch children when they're trying to talk to you. That's called neglect. By the way, one of the reasons why this is so important uh, to talk about is because the harm in abuse situations, especially like the one that I talked about at first, the harm to the children isn't just done to the body, it's done to their soul. The harm is done to their spirit, to their mind. So we talked about, you know, asking the fundamental question, why does this exist in the first place? The second question we've got to ask is if you have never abused, you've never abused a child directly, then ask yourself, have you abused someone indirectly? Or have you directly abused someone who is vulnerable, maybe an elderly person or someone who's an employee beneath you? Almost every one of us is guilty of child abuse. Maybe we've psychologically abused our children, physically, spiritually abused them. There's a lot of things with our words, with our attitudes, like I said, just simply ignoring them on a consistent basis because we're too busy glued to a screen. We have to be honest. Have you ever exploited directly or indirectly another person or an animal? Because it's on the same line as abuse of children. Have you ever directly or indirectly uh, exploited another person or an animal or abuse them. Let me give you some examples. Salespeople do it all the time. So what salespeople do is they take advantage of people's naivety in order to get their money. Don't mean to, I don't want to sound mean, but if you are a salesperson and you have taken advantage of people's naivety in order to make a sell and take their money, that my friend is exploitation. Uh, Hollywood, of course, programs our kids all the time. Public schools notoriously program our children. That is abuse and exploitation. Now, can I get to the nitty gritty? It's okay if I get a little personal right now. And I'm talking to myself too, and I'll show you why in a minute, moment. Maybe the way you shop encourages companies 
who use child slave labor. I'm going to say that again. Maybe the way you shop encourages companies who use child slave labor, or maybe the way you shop or invest your money in the stock market. By doing that, you're encouraging people to abuse children, like the whole Jeffrey Epstein uh, episode with his mansion and all the children that a lot of famous and rich people came to have sex with. If you invested in any way through shopping or stock trading in those companies that those people were connected to, then you were funding it, just so you know. And I, again, not trying to be mean, but I, that's honest. It's the truth. My wife and I have made drastic changes in the way we shop because we don't want to be part of exploitation of children. You know, we, we live, in fact, the studio that I'm speaking in right now is just maybe three, four miles from the world headquarters of Nike. And Nike, if you've ever seen a world headquarters, it is fancy. It is huge. Tons of money that those executives and marketers make. All that money made on exploiting people at the stores and exploiting children and animals campaign was raised about a year ago to raise awareness of that Nike tortures and kills kangaroos for material in their shoes. It is known and has been brought to the government's attention that Nike uses sweatshops, child slave labor in China in order to build their shoes. And Nike has done nothing to change that. They may have changed their image a little bit, but not really dealt with the problem. See, the way we shop, the way we buy our eggs, by buying certain brands of eggs, you could be contributing to the abuse of chickens. And chickens, by the way, are God's creatures. God made those chickens. And those chickens don't like being crammed in a cage and never being able to move in their life. They don't like being claustrophobically jammed in a cage with a hundred other chickens and not being able to roam around. Same with the cows and so on. And then those children in other countries who are forced into child slave labor, they don't like that. It harms them deeply. We have to begin asking ourselves, is my shopping habits, is my stock investment habits contributing to child abuse? And then once we ask these questions, then the real answers and solutions will come. And the real solutions, by the way, we'll be talking about more in part three. Well, you made it through this part, this episode. Thank you for joining us. It's tough, isn't it? It's hard to talk about these things. And for me, as a host, it's hard for me to talk without crying. So I had to keep it together inside in order to actually present the material. But if we care about children, and if we care about the plight of children, we have to start 
right where we are. I'm always talking about the end of episodes, starting right where you are. And usually I'm referring to your neighborhood, but today I'm going a little bit deeper. Dealing with childhood abuse and neglect doesn't just start in our neighborhood. It starts right inside ourself. So I'm asking you to go deep within yourself and ask the tough questions, then move to your neighborhood. Then, and then you can make a difference in the lives of children right where you are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com.